This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit theshawnstevensonmodel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my beautiful co-host and producer of the Model Health Show. You're beautiful. Thank okay? you. I want you to thank, yes. That's what makes you beautiful. <laughs> I had to throw it back. What was that? <laughs> beautiful. You sound like a Bruno Mars song or something, all <laughs> that's right? It, that's Just it. take the compliment. Okay. I you see, perfect example it. of people having a little no, bit it's trouble. No, so good. I, it, receiving it compliments. Because you knew me. I meant it. I looked at you in your right, soul. Right. I was all vulnerable. And told you you're beautiful. Jade Harrell, mm. what's up? What's going on, Sean? <laughs> How are you today? I am M. What am I? You threw me off. Okay, that's <laughs> me again. <laughs> I'm like I'm beautiful. Whatever. Just say. Just go ahead and say. <laughs> no, it. ask me. Okay. <laughs> so how are you today? I am impressent. Impressent. Yes. All right. I'm interested. <laughs> what this means? What does this mean? I am impressively excellent today. Oh, I liked impressent. Impressent. I was like, is this going to be some about a pretzel or nah, yoga possibly. class? I'm thinking. Contortion. I got to find some ways. Time for the pretzelator. Yeah, it's, it's time, time for the, the pretzelator. Oh my goodness. Shout out to everybody who should not know right. that song. Okay. <laughs> we should know it so should well. Should know it. No. What clubs were you at? Jump right. rope. Jump it would rope. be great for jump rope. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Very, very honored mm-hmm. and happy to have you with us. Yes, and thank you. oh my goodness, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things in the world. Is it movement? That's right, movement. Mm-hmm. Right, but we also we have the best person walking around on two legs or maybe whatever. I don't she know what might she's be doing. Walking, she might be doing she's some doing something. handstand walking, bear <laughs> whatever she's mm-hmm. up to. Uh, Katie Bowman, and mm. she has this interesting habit of just changing my paradigm and making me question everything. And I think that that's absolutely amazing quality in a teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, but we also have to come to it as a willing student as well, you know, and be willing to have our paradigms change because Mm -hmm. we get so attached to our beliefs. And when we have something that contradicts that uh, we tend to fight against it and it can Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable. That's cool. But when you become ignorant, when you become uh, dismissive, right? That's when you set yourself on the path to failure. Right. I'm certain right. of it. Well, so I'm very, I'm open to be changed. Mm-hmm. I'm a lifetime student for sure, mm-hmm. and just had got me to think about a lot of things that I accept as normal, and even outside of the paradigm of movement. You know, and it, we also we get in habits of thinking, and yeah. so I would even venture out to start thinking about things differently in the construct of a relationship, or in the con- construct of of uh, getting dressed or whatever you know <laughs> why do i put on this foot first or yeah. how do i t- you know yeah. like just thinking about things differently that i accept as normal oh, that's awesome so we're going to dive into that today and oh my goodness this mm-hmm. paradigm shifting new book movement matters so good mm-hmm. uh, but first let's give a quick shout out to our show sponsor yeah. on it.com yeah. guys alpha brain mm-hmm. have you used alpha brain before <laughs> oh yes that's why i'm so much better and smarter have you seen that movie limitless Huh? Limitless? Do you know <laughs> yeah, about that movie? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, it's mm-hmm. a little scary, a little creepy. Right. But at the same time, there is stuff sort of like that that's actually not going to kill you. All right? <laughs> because I think the guy was pretty much going to die if he kept taking the stuff or whatever in the movie. Yeah. It's been a while. Shout out to Bradley Cooper. Shout out to Robert De Niro right? with the lifetime mean face. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the best mean face Absolutely. ever. I mean, the I don't, model mean I don't, face. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, you look up mean face in the dictionary and he's right there <laughs> yes. like... Hey you, what are you looking at? Right, right. You look you looking at me? Turn the page. 
dog, turn it. You know, and so <laughs> shout out to that movie. But Alpha Brain, uh-huh. clinically proven nootropic, all right? Yeah. They actually invested it to do their own study, all right? It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And Katie will tell you the same thing. It's a I lot to resource. do a study yourself yes, and a lot of investment of, of income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And came back across the board. This improves memory, improves focus. It's from earth-grown nutrients. All right? So it's sourced from earth-grown nutrients rather than synthetic sources. That's right. Because I think this wave of like nutraceuticals and, and mm-hmm. uh, nootropics, things that impact your brain function are going to only grow mm-hmm. in stature. But Alpha Brain is doing it right. And they're a leader in this field. And man, some of the top people in the game out there are on Alpha Brain. And so check it out. Give it give it a shot. It's oh, yeah. um, on it.com. So that's O N N I T dot com forward slash model. So yeah. forward slash M O D E L. On it.com forward slash model. You're going to get 10% off the Alpha Brain. Also, my pre workout supplement, Shroom Tech Sport, mm-hmm. Cordyceps Mushroom, also Methylcobalamin. All right, methylated form of B12 is in there. Green tea extract. Yes. All right, there's some serious fat burning. Mm-hmm. A- again, clinically proven. Clinically proven, not just throwing, let's see what, we'll see if this does something. <laughs> All right, let us right? know. <laughs> Clinically proven to, to enhance your metabolism, to increase your metabolism. So mm-hmm. we're talking upwards of around 13% boost in your metabolism from caffeine. Naturally sourced is what we want to go for because mm-hmm. all caffeine is not created equal and how to impact your body. Our uh, liver so sh- will thank us for that. You taught us. I know, mm-hmm. right? Your live, Love your liver. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Also the hemp force protein and all, a bunch of other good stuff. Also their fitness equipment. I've got so much of their fitness <laughs> yeah, equipment. It's do. absurd. The, uh, the battle rope big red yeah i just did a photo shoot or video actually top secret project and i'm not gonna even say too much about it mm. but i just did a shoot the other day and used big red that it's a heavy oh, rope yeah. i mean it's a big boy rope like yeah. you gotta have your big boy pants on <laughs> yeah. and my wife wears big boy pants too sometimes sorry she could do it as well which is kind of weird i don't know if that's strong. like a weird visual for me yeah you guys might but have fun with it anyway so uh big red <laughs> the, the kettlebells the primal bells <laughs> mm-hmm clubs and maces all that stuff so check them out on it.com cool. forward slash model now let's get to the iTunes review of the week Ooh, here's a good one this one says so grateful Carly B 1193 five stars Sean and Jade I love you guys I have listened to many health and fitness podcasts and yours stands out tremendously to me I am in recovery from an eating disorder and I struggle daily with negative self-image it's a challenge every single day to repair the relationship between my mind and my body Yours is one of the few health fitness podcasts that doesn't leave me feeling worse about myself. In fact, I listen to your show and I feel uplifted, encouraged, and more importantly, I feel like I can accept where I am on my path. On top of all that, I gain so much knowledge from your show, which overflows into my work as a yoga teacher. So many of my students suffer from chronic pain and stress, and the information I receive from your show has started to deeply inform my teaching. Thank you so much for being a positive force in this community. You are truly a model for what it means to be a health professional. Namaste. Namaste. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want to give you the biggest hug right now. Yeah. Thank you so Me much. Too. Group hug. <laughs> Thank you so much for that and for sharing that. And that means that mm-hmm. really does mean the world to me. That just made my whole month like 10 times even better. Exactly. Thank you. Thank right. you. And right. promise more goodness flowing your way and thank you for also teaching and sharing your gift as well and everybody thanks for leaving the reviews on itunes it means the world to us to say the least and uh, on that note let's get to our special guest let's get moving part biomechanist (laughs) part science communicator Mm. and full-time mover katie bowman (laughs) has educated hundreds of thousands of people 
on the role movement plays in the body and in the world. Blending a scientific approach with straight talk about sensible, whole life movement solutions, her website and award-winning podcast, Katie Says, love Katie Says, Mm -hmm. reaches hundreds of thousands of people every month and thousands have taken her live classes as well. Her books, the best-selling Move Your DNA, hashtag classic, hashtag blessed. (laughs) Uh, And then the other books, Simple Steps to Foot Pain Relief, um, Don't Just Sit There, Alignment Matters, so many books. We we literally were like, there's going to be a Katie section at every library. That's just a few of them, guys. There's many more. Uh, Have been critically acclaimed and translated worldwide, which is so cool. Passionate about human movement outside of exercise, Katie volunteers her time to support the larger... Uh, reintegration of movement into human lives by providing movement courses across widely varying demographics and working with nonprofits promoting nature education. She also directs and teaches at the Nutritious Movement Center Northwest in Washington State, travels the globe to teach nutrition movement courses in person and spends as much time as possible with her husband and children. And I'd like to welcome back to the Model Health Show, Katie Bowman. How are you doing today, Katie? Oh, this is my favorite show. I'm so, I just want to echo the sentiments of that last reader. This too is just, you guys make everyone just feel inspired, but also simultaneously okay with where they are. And that is not easy to do. Thank you, Katie. You know, that means so much coming from you. You know your stuff. And thank you. That's that grace yes. spot that I, yeah. I that I was my intention to be in. And you have a similar thing in how you communicate this stuff and change paradigms. Like it's yeah. just you can't help it. You know, it's your it's your ninja power. It's and in DNA. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about because something I noticed about you and I you know, when I was kind of pondering you actually <laughs> and my construct I had of Katie Bowman mm. and <laughs> I pictured you I pictured you in school. You know, back in the day, high school and college and being a little bit of a, probably a little bit of a nerd, right? Probably a little little bit. bit. And (laughs) somebody who was much more like with the, with the the thinking part and not the doing part. Mm -hmm. What makes you so different? Why are you actually living these things that you've learned about um, all in these different fields of science, but specifically uh, as a biomechanist? Oh man, man, if I, if I knew it, I, I, I wasn't that nerd, you know, I've been, um, a compulsive thinker, reader, studier, but not so much an applier. Yeah. Right. Because I would say that my nature by nature, I'm probably hugely sedentary. I don't know if it's by nature, but by upbringing or whatever, you know, that was my, my state for so many years, but I I feel like there was at some point where I started to like tap into this idea of flow that I could actually feel the pulse of my own life. And I don't know if I'd ever felt that before, but I felt it pushing me um, and I just went along for the ride. And then that led me to more application to go. I mean, I fell into this field of biomechanics that eventually became, you know, what I most known for. And I you know, stumbled into becoming a mover, an exerciser at first. So I just, I feel like it's part inspiration. Part of it is an inspired push that I'm following. And then the other half is because I am such a chronic thinker, as I started assembling different thoughts, I realized, well, there's only one, there's only one thing to do here. 
and that is to apply. I could either yeah. continue to find the next question and never do anything, or I can start to apply because I was truly seeking, I think, more wisdom. You know, I was I was thinking about how I was interested in the questions that I'm interested because in, it's like how how am I what am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to live? How do I decide? And then I just started applying that academic part of me to the real life, still have to execute my day-to-day world. And that's where I ended up today. Awesome. Because I'm thinking that, you know, this, there's so many different people that I've had the opportunity to talk with over the 15 years I've been in this field. And a lot of scientists, I mean, they would agree that it's a predominantly uh, disconnected from the application culture. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of research, a lot of in the lab, a lot of looking at what cells are doing in a, petri dish (laughs) but what are your cells doing and not really taking advantage of that and that's what i saw was different from you and to the degrees like it's like the real deal like you actually live it and are are such a uh a model for everybody to follow and it's not hard that's the thing and like with the model health (laughs) show it's not hard to model it when you are it you know and you're just kind of living your life in that fashion and sharing who you are and what you've learned along the way I want to ask you so many different things like, ah, but recently you've put out this book of wonderful essays, Movement Matters, and you started immediately chipping away at some of the things that people would prop up to be reality and how they see things. And so you start the book right off talking about science moves, right? Science moves. What in the, what does that mean? Let's talk a little bit about what that means. Well, the book is about sedentary culture, right? It's the fact that like we are sedentary, but we're actually, the whole culture is sedentary. And I use a quote in that book that comes from this really great paper, which is you really can't do science above the culture that's doing it, right? So then I started asking another question is like, well, then how does a sedentary culture do science? You know, if science is something to be done, how does our culture influence it? And it's like, well... I would say, and you probably get to see examples of this a lot, is we just have this, we have this understanding and maybe use of science that it's turning out tenets by which to live by, facts that never change, that never get refined, even though if you look at information that has been derived by science over the last 100 years or 50 years or 20 years or even two years, it's constantly refining, right? You know, it's constantly, oh, well, it turns out that that headline, when we added this component to a study, changed that headline and now it's something different. But we get mentally attached, meaning like we can't mentally move on from these things that we learned at one point. They're like repetitive use injuries of knowledge, mm. Right. That bit of knowledge gets in there and we just use it over and over and over again. And we don't know that there's something a few degrees to the right or left that additional science has provided. And we never we have a hard time making that switch to something new because we're so entrenched in the way that we apply that information we got to our life. And so I think the more people realize the process of science, the history of science, the philosophy of science, the more they realize it's a very dynamic thing yeah. that has that has often switched its findings 180 degrees over a significant period of time, of course. But when you're in it and you're on the Internet and something comes up every day, we are such a fast paced information culture. We don't 
we don't always sit back and reflect on the body of work that has been happening for hundreds of years. And so it's just that idea that science moves. Right. It moves like we do. And it's because it's a process done by the humans doing it. And and you're only gathering it a tidbit at one hair at a time. And when you integrate that one hair with all the other hairs, it changes the hairstyle of science, you know, so to speak. <laughs> that's, like that. that's a, that's a, great it's a messy bun. I'm totally a messy there. bun yeah. of science. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> I want to I want to take a, a broad stroke with this first and then look at the kind of micro scale. Uh, one of the examples, and it just, just pops up because I shared it with my wife, like maybe an hour later after I read it, it just came up in my mind. I was like, hey, do you know? So about putting all your eggs in one basket. So this little mm-hmm. section and this concept that was just, it's a great example of the fact that we believe that this is how it is. And, you know, people will be very defensive in trying to uh, prop it up as the truth when in actuality, it's just like, mm, not, not so much. So and this is the concept that you're born with all of your eggs. Right. Mm-hmm. Women are born with all of their eggs. So talk a little bit about that example. Well, I mean, that's just that's kind of common, common knowledge. Right. Everyone, maybe everyone didn't know, but certainly people within the women's health field would have this understanding that women were, are born with all of their eggs. Meaning when you are a baby, your parts, you have your fingers and your eyes and your nose and you have your eggs, all of your future eggs that you'll release and that may eventually become fertilized. When you yourself are still in the utero, uterus of your mother, you have these. And so that's just, it's conventional knowledge. And so when you have that information, when you're trying to research something like menopause or dysmenorrhea or what is a healthy menstrual cycle, right? You always have this foundational understanding that the eggs come in their entirety. But then it turns out that they're starting to see evidence that maybe we actually are manufacturing eggs after, that you're not born with all of them, that you do have the ability to do that. So when you're the first person who comes out and says that, it's like there's always there's a I don't know I have little kids now so I kind of get it when you tell your kids something that they don't want to hear <laughs> they just they like there's a flash right like it's and I I realize now it might even be this like passive reaction it's not like wow that's interesting I should I should I should look more into that can you give me something I can like read about it it's just like nah you know it's just like <laughs> it's just like it's like you have to verbally or physically metabolize all the parts of your brain that just went, I might have to change, you know, like it's like getting, it's like there's an inertia that your brain has to new information. And so there's a lot of that going on. So when someone, it was like, it's violent, you know, it's, it is as we start exploring more about like what are violence through online communications. And if you spend a lot of time in comments, like you can see that there's a, it's a violence in word choice or whatever yeah. when you introduce an idea that someone isn't comfortable with. And there definitely there is always the need for skepticism, but skepticism and violence might need to be pulled apart a little bit. Right. So it could be, but as you can, I put some examples of what it was like to be that scientist who said, well, I found this evidence and like, come on now, that's no, no way. As opposed to, well, let's, this is interesting. Let's work together and let's see. So that's putting all your eggs in one in one basket. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes when you commit online to uh, like you're an idiot for thinking that, then you have to look back sometimes at your own comments mm-hmm. that you make just to see, you know, your own 
how how do you yourself metabolize or process new information or ideas? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I, That's I, a great I see this happening with with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll see this on their stuff. Um, but I'll come back to that in a second because I want to hammer in this point. Um, one of the people that even came at this guy was like, because the data that he collected, this was based off of mice models. You know that mice what guy are potentially. Are we Let's see. Tilly published the study, mm-hmm. but the gentleman who came out that discovered that you can possibly be producing eggs later okay, on in you. life. Yes, yes, right. Yes. And so one of the people that came at him sideways was like, because this was done on mice models. Mm-hmm. Um, one reviewer hopefully suggested. So they said that humans are not big mice unless you live in Disneyland, <laughs> right? So they're just like, <laughs> come on. So, so here's the thing, and this is what Katie really kind of changed my paradigm was that the initial understanding or belief that you produce you have all your eggs when you're born was done from mice models and other animals right so it's like you're actually talking about the same thing so fundamentally you were wrong in the first place Mm -hmm. you know you need to keep yourself an open mind and actually find out where did this data come from and question everything Mm -hmm. but he didn't even address the data he just went with the dig right you know well but there's people aren't big mice. It right. had nothing to do with what we're talking about, except for I want to get kids. at you. Right. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens it. a lot because his understanding of the, it was probably the reviewer of the original paper. That's why he doesn't have a name associated with it. So when you are submitting a paper for review, it's a blind mm. review. So you get to write things like that without having your name attached. And so that, you know, being anonymous lends itself to a certain harshness right if you get to just say whatever you want and no one has to know who's saying it um he might or she might not have even known that because when you learn new bits of information you're not always told where they're derived from you're just told that women all have their eggs it's in a textbook it doesn't list where those studies are so it could be that that reviewer or that person just didn't know and didn't go back to check you know, mm-hmm. beforehand. So, so questioning everything, more than questioning it, investigating things that you are passionate about that you're that you're using bits that you're using, and then certainly before you want to commit to a word choice, you know, did you did you go back and do any legwork, so to speak? So that's 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 why the movement component. I like to put that together with even thoughts because I do think you are how you think. Mm-hmm. You think how you move, you know, it's all really intertwined. That's deep right there. You are, your thoughts actually change they your do. movement they as do. well. Um, yeah. Because I, I say that, it's just one of the things that I think and that I believe is that you are what you, not just you are what you eat, you are what you eat, think, breathe, mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. and yeah, your underlying foundational beliefs as well yeah. really govern all your choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another kind of interesting aspect here that that you brought up and I, I didn't know I was going to talk about this but as I said before like I would see this with my friends and the guest that we had on the show this is a while back Prince E oh. right mm-hmm. so superstar right this guy's a megastar one of the most watched people on YouTube ever yep. right and also Facebook as well his videos are just phenomenal mm-hmm. with spoken word and this mm-hmm. um, his, his communication of these amazing ideas about uh, one of them I don't know Katie if you've ever seen this uh, before but um, autocorrect humanity and uh, but we'll put it in the show notes. But just like huge, hugely big thing, and so hugely, huge, huge. huge. Do all right, let's not let's not, do it. let's not. It's all it's over. It's, it's over. It will all be right. over. Yeah. So bigly, but as we say bigly, 
<laughs> that dude just makes up words. Right. We're not going to mention his name. It was kind of <laughs> like, uh, what is that person? Like you say their name, they pop up. Is that Rumpelstiltskin? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> mixing up my fairy tales here. So somebody, he posted this ra- little clip of uh, of a rapper that, and he thinks that he thought he was funny. Just like, I like this guy. You know, he just posted that. And then the first comment is somebody who, you know, he's got a career in, in rap and whatever. He's like, man, I can't believe you post this stuff. Why would you, why don't you should be posting people from your neighborhood? Like we're trying to come up too and all this stuff. And he, he approached that right back Always with love. Like, yeah. hey, I understand your thoughts. And this is something I just thought was, was, was funny and I wanted to share, you know. Right. And the guy just kept going on and on with this negative approach. But um, what, what I, what I want to communicate is something else that you talked about in your book is that all of our foundational approaches to things are mm-hmm. coming from our own life experience. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have to understand that as Yours, well. Mine, so all yeah. of science yeah. that's been done thus far, those applications were done through the eyes of people with their own personal experience mm-hmm. and approaches mm-hmm. to things. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I want you, if you could mention this, a little bit about this is, we are all different, right? And how we interact with movement. Like all, all of our movement is not the same. Can we talk a little bit about why that is? Why our movements are all different is very similar to why all of our speech patterns are different. You know, you, we have movement accents and those come about from how those moved around you. You know, humans are animals really pick up quite a bit of learning through mimicry. Right. And so even though like I, I work in natural movement, so there's these natural movements, but they're categories really, you know, they're not mm-hmm. the same exact little nuanced thing. Not everyone lived in the same temperature or terrain naturally, you know, there was, there's adaptations that everyone has that makes their type of movement a little bit unique. And then at the same time, there are similarities, you know, that you can find within natural moving animals. So I just, it just, it really lines up with the same thing. We, we're all thinking our thoughts and the way we process come about from everything that's led up to the moment that you think the thought and the same thing goes for movement. The way that you move is the sum total of all of the movements and your environment up to the point that you make that movement choice right in that moment. But also because you learn through mimicry, a lot of your a lot of your programming, whether it's thought or movement, is bequeathed to you from previous generations, right? Because those first couple of years, you're picking up movement habits that your parents had, that maybe their parents had, that maybe their parents had. And that's, that's, it's helpful for humans to inherent or pass down these components because the way it works in biology is like, well, if you survived, and you had these habits, then your offspring, if they pick up those habits, then they'll be likely to survive as well. So it's just, it's just your, it's your movement fingerprint. It's your movement uh, speech expression. It's just, it's a series of observations and reactions to the habitat in which you've existed. And none of those are exactly the same for any of us. Yeah. Your analogies, the way you connect what's happening with other things that we would recognize like our accent and our speech and our, and our movement uh, fingerprint that really helps the understanding of this concept. And I just love how you, I mean, from, from your whole nutritious movement connection, the way you communicate that is 
it really helps to transform the way we think and approach these. Well, thank you for saying so. Um, and I think that that's also part of what Movement Matters is, right? Which is showing that these things that we're talking about keep showing up in other species, keep showing up in other aspects of our life. So if you think that you have to relearn all the rules for movement and then you have there's a separate rules set of rules for movement and then there's a separate set of rules for speech and there's a separate set of rules for relationships and there's a separate set of rules for work behavior it's like there's just biologically speaking there's just one set of of rules it's just how things work right and yes they're working differently because the environments change but within those separate environments are those those same rules happening over and over again. And if you can learn the rules, instead of trying to memorize the applications out in these different aspects of your life and think about them separately, you'll you'll find your life more able to integrate, you'll be able to integrate seemingly separate categories of your life into it's just your life. It's it's all interaction with you, Sean or Jade or Katie, like it's just, it's just you being you. And so that's that's what those analogies mean. It's it's to tie in something that you're familiar with, something that you've already invested the time, and then once you pull out that rule, then you're then you'll be able to apply that rule to something else that I haven't even mentioned, and that's my goal. Yeah, powerful. It helps us over that same situation that the guy had. You know, well, it's not this or that or these reactions because then we're not stuck to those pieces and those components. Exactly, we're more fluid. That makes me think of uh, how our thoughts got our movements, because the example that I gave with Prince E, you know, their movement responses were based off of their thought patterns. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of habitual mm-hmm. thing and not understand the rules of engagement. If you're trying to uh, achieve a goal, if you understand the rules and how these things actually work within nature, within all of life, you can get there much easier, not have as much mm-hmm. turbulence and tension. So the guy's approach was you have this platform. I should have it. I want your platform. Basically, you know, he wasn't coming out and saying it, but mm-hmm. it was just it's very ignorant that you're breaking the rule. Platform you're breaking the rule yeah. of reality, you know, because you're probably not ready for his kind of attention, you know, and you haven't built up that bone density. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. would give it a comparison to be able to handle that kind of weight on That's your right. shoulders right. like this other man has, you know, and so it's a much bigger picture mm. when you look at these things. But again, but that person who can bear the weight, you're going to approach it differently, too, in your response. Mm-hmm. And that's what he continued to do as well. But exactly. I, I want to talk mm-hmm. about nature moves now. Mm-hmm. So this is another really this was I'm not I almost said it's my favorite <laughs> part, but there's a lot of different parts in here that I enjoyed. But uh, nature moves. And one of the main things that jumped right out is the fact that nature doesn't include humans according to common definitions so how did this happen <laughs> i don't know i wasn't around you know like the the definition of nature i mean the the definition of nature and there's lots of definitions are essentially everything that exists in the universe except for humans right so yeah. like we've parsed Literally out books, we've isolated yeah. I mean, you can go and you can look up the definition. It's like, okay, well, that makes it challenging because word choices and definitions are also brought about by how we think. And so I kind of mentioned it in the book lightly, how I think it happened. You know, when you lived in nature, there was there was no word for the thing that you lived in, right? Like you just lived there. You didn't have to name it. You were just in the world. There was no other place to be that was out of the world. But as we started to disengage 
I think in terms of consequences, right? Like when we stopped, when we stopped directly trading and using our own actions as a commodity. So I, my, and it's my bias as a biomechanist, but I really feel that this separation of human from nature is tied up to economics. And the first time that a human went from getting all the things that they needed for themselves to say, you know what, I don't want to do that. I don't want to climb trees anymore. You climb the trees and I like swimming. I'll dive and get all the things and then I'll trade my swimming thing for your tree climbing things. And now we have a, a commodity, right? Now we've we found a way to get out of something yeah. that is necessary. And then that's always happening to a degree within a tribal system. But then we just started doing it to an unprecedented extreme, right? Where now it's like, I don't want to do any of the things that I need to be able to do, but I still need the thing. So you do it. And our commodity has turned from, you know, I used to climb trees and you used to swim and we were still directly exchanging, but then we converted that movement exchange into dollars and the dollars used to normalize for hours. I work so many hours, you work so many hours. So the dollar equivalent is for that hour. But then we got to the point where my hour was worth a thousand of someone else's hour. Right. right. You know, so now we have a huge discrepancy and it's there's not a a balance or even exchange any longer. And so I feel like our need to define nature as things that that we see as majorly different from us came about as we just separated from it physically. Once we started building houses and, and, and protecting ourselves from it, becoming less consequence, less, less engaged with the consequences of the natural world, you know? So, yeah. Um, And that in of itself, like the big thing that really came from that understanding with me was that all of the stuff we're looking at with human biology, it's like, it's in a weird kind of vacuum. Like it's separate from all of the rest of life. Like, and you mentioned this as well. It's like for, for the longest, they were looking at even the operation of cells in a two dimensional space. And that's not how it works in reality. You know, and it just like blew my mind that our found foundational understanding for so many things is skewed. You know, it's a little bit most likely off because we're living mm-hmm. beings in nature. Like, and also, Katie, I got to share this. I'm going to share this with everybody. <laughs> All these ideas popping up. So us being a part of nature and we even have this concept of man-made. Is it still not nature-made? Because we right. are right. nature you know, right. it's really mm-hmm. can start to freak you out mm-hmm. that a Twinkie might not yeah. be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just how we kind of define things. We know that that's not advantageous to health. There's things that are not advantageous, but it's still a part. We are a part of this life in this mm-hmm. universe mm-hmm. and we're creating things with us, with, with our environment, right. with our thoughts. You know, it's very profound. Right. I love something you shared, Sean. You said, don't let your education keep you from learning. And, and you told my never daughter let that school get in the way of your education. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but expand, expand on that briefly, because I think it ties to what you were just saying here, that there's so much more to than just what the fundamental um, principles were yeah. and that we have the capacity. We're a part of the nature yeah. that creates the new the new learning and the the new creations that that occur. So I believe that quote was from Mark Twain. Okay, even Um, better. (laughs) So this is, um, it's really, it's happening now. It's happening right here in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, having access to somebody like Katie Bowman is, this is like a masterclass on 
you actually perceiving reality in a way that's more advantageous to you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really as simple as that, you know, just understanding the construct because I have a ton of amazing shout out to every student listening right now who's yeah. in a who's in the classroom setting. It's like, I just don't know what to do. You know, there's this other stuff that I want to be doing, but pl- understand how to play the game. But never let school get in the way of your education. You know, you can still utilize the stuff that actually works, which is what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and uh, be able to to create an amazing life. I think that, again, word choice, someone else came up with that word, right? Someone else bequeathed you the word nature and its in- implications, right? You never... I, I have these little kids and I'm watching all the time and I'm watching what I'm telling them and I... You know, you're trying to simplify so that they get it. So, right. So everything is, it's simplified so that we get it. Right. So what I do for my children, someone in a research paper somewhere has simplified it so that I can get it without any understanding of what they know. So you just have this. And then that is simplified into five easy steps for a health magazine, you know, and you just keep losing all of the stuff. You lose, you lose all of it because when you don't live it, right? So how did someone else used to know about uh, cells, you know, or or nutrition? You know, you you learned it by doing it. You needed you needed to know for your survival. If you didn't learn it, you would die. If you did learn it, you wouldn't. And therefore, when you had offspring, everything that you knew would be taught to that offspring through example. But when you, science itself, you know, has really burst forth from a culture that doesn't understand how nature works because they've left it. Meaning science is, you know, science is a coping mechanism. We need to know nature, (laughs) Yes. right? We need to know nature because we no longer live it. It's like, it's interesting to us. It still seems to be threatening us in some ways and we it maybe even in greater fold because we're out of you know we're not harmonious with it at all so our way of knowing it and I you know I I had a lot of different researchers and scientists review the manuscript as I was going through it you know and one of one of the ones that I was working with she was saying well you know the difference between wisdom and knowledge she's like we have way more knowledge about diet now Hmm. and I said well you do have a, your list of facts is longer. You couldn't have given someone else 10,000 years ago couldn't have given you that list of facts. It came about from a microscope. Yet the person with the list of facts is unable to feed themselves. They cannot parlay that list of facts to sourcing food, to growing food, to selecting food to find sustainable foods. They just have a list of scientific facts where that person 5,000 years ago would have a list of facts, would be able to generate a list of facts that was much more relevant to a surviving human and a flourishing ecosystem. So our, the way that we've been taught about what science gives us is just different than what it actually gives us. It doesn't give us, you know, how to live. It's just, it's a list of, facts and they're interesting and they're important and they're necessary for knowing the phenomenon but they're not a stand-in for functioning in natural phenomenon and that's really at this point 
what we need to be after Absolutely. right like yeah. that that's what that's the problem that we're having like we don't even know how to we don't know how to get food we're, like it's we just go well we don't know it so then we'll we'll try to make something new that's edible right like we have to right take those knowledge of parts and create new food despite all the other food everywhere that we just lost the knowledge of what to eat and how oh my goodness you know right. what and we're going to talk about that that function and that connection to that functionality for movement and for food right after this break. A big part of my mission with Sleep Smarter is to help people to create a sleep sanctuary, somewhere that you go where rest and relaxation is naturally overflowing. And so there's a lot of parts to that. But one of the big parts is your bed environment itself. This is where you're going to spend one third of your entire life. So you want to make sure that that space feels amazing. So one of the ways that I do this is through making sure that my environment in my bedroom is cool. Because research shows that we have a process called thermoregulation where there's a natural drop in our core body temperature at night to help to facilitate sleep. And if our temperature is too high, it's going to disrupt our normal sleep cycle, and also secreting right hormones for us to be truly rejuvenated. That can all be changed if you're too hot. So what I'm sleeping on are 100% organic bamboo lyocell sheets. And the thread count is 300, but that is equivalent with this bamboo lyocell to 1,000 thread count Egyptian cotton. But here's the great news is that it consumes only one third of the water in order to produce it. So one of the big things that's causing so much deforestation and pollution and waste is overusing our natural resources and this is a way to cut down on that but also radically improve your sleep quality so these are hypoallergenic organic and there's no weird chemicals that are used to produce these sheets and they absolutely feel amazing so this is what we call luxury for less because there's an in-house design for these they work directly with the manufacturer and sell directly online no middleman no retail markup because these sheets would normally cost a few hundred dollars because of the quality but this by myself being a sleep connoisseur is so important to me and i found that i simply can't and i know you're going to feel the same way i can't sleep on other sheets it just doesn't feel right when i'm at home these sheets are getting utilized or they're getting washed and they're getting put back on the bed because they are just that amazing and you're going to get a 100 night free trial sleep on it think on it dream on it and if you don't love it you can send it back for a full refund you really have nothing to lose so this is produced by the amazing people at attitude so that's e-t-t-i-t-u-d-e dot com dot a-u forward slash model and use that link and you're going to get 10 percent off by using the coupon code model at checkout so that's e-t-t-i-t-u-d-e dot com dot a-u forward slash model to get yourself hooked up with some of the most amazing sheets that you need to treat yourself with and to experiment with because I guarantee you, you're going to sleep better, you're going to feel better, and it just feels absolutely amazing on your skin. And check out their reviews from people that have chronic sleep issues to just people who are wanting to have a more luxurious night's sleep, all ranging in this amazing group of people who leave these reviews are saying that these sheets are game changer. And I never would have thought that sheets mattered so much, you know, really, especially being a guy, being an athlete, and I just really didn't care that much about it. But when I slept on those very low thread count cotton sheets after having these, it felt like I was sleeping on thorns. It was horrible. And now with these amazing sheets, it's like sleeping in lotion. 
I sleep in it, coconut oil. It just feels so silky and so amazing. And again, it sleeps cool. It makes me feel good. My wife absolutely loves them. She is the one who really said we are not sleeping on anything else. So give these sheets a try. All right. Etitude.com.au forward slash model. You're going to get 10% off. Now back to the show. And we are back. We are talking with Katie Bowman. Brilliant, brilliant yes. new book, Movement Matter. Brilliant human being. I yes, know you were agreeing is. with me before I even finished the statement. <laughs> <laughs> and just really talking about some of our foundational uh, assertions mm-hmm. about how things work, about reality, and how can we get in touch with what actually works for our function and for our health. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about nature moves. And one of the things that I, that I was really fascinated about in your book was how we are like trees, Right. So can we talk a little bit about that so we can understand our own kind of uh, geography, our internal geography a little better? Well, you know, you were just talking about, um, was it Prince E? His, his, you're saying that he had, he had developed the bone density, essentially, right? He had right. the platform and, and his, him operating his life takes a particular amount of strength because he's dealing with hundreds or thousands of people on a regular basis where the person commenting on that doesn't have that reality. I mean, they, they, they don't, they're not used to maybe they don't, they don't know what it's like to receive hundreds of inputs in a day. They, and so they don't have a, maybe a skill set in, in how to discuss or how to find what it is that people need and meet them back with what, how they, how they need it to be heard. That's a, that's a skill. That's a strength. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that it's a bone density because mm-hmm. Prince E, he wasn't born with that strength for that platform. Right. He worked up the ranks, like everyone who's yeah. doing something, whether it's playing professional baseball or has 10 children, you develop the strength by doing the thing, right? So it's life, it's it's practice. And I use trees a lot because I love trees because I find trees are so, they're so similar to humans in like, a lot of people are familiar with bone structure, right? So you're, you don't just get strong bones or you get weak bones. You get bones that develop relative to what you do. So there's this whole trend of people with osteoporosis or let's say thin bones that are more prone to fracture, but they're also within a population of people that barely move right you know so so there's this correlation between why certain people's limbs or areas of their body that have otherwise strong bones develop this weakness right you know it's that there's a a lack of lack of load and they find the same thing in trees so trees that was in my obro (laughs) that was my (laughs) obro uh, essay because my brother's my brother is a an arborist so he knows trees. He never studied trees in school, like he couldn't cite the vex. But he can look at a tree and know exactly where it needs to be trimmed to prevent, you know, a big branch from breaking off. He has an understanding of the geometry and the weight being carried. And he was the one who told me that when they grow trees in a nursery, they don't move, right? They're, they have no, they have no adaptation to load. So what are things that happen to trees in nature? They get rained on, they get blown by the wind. If they're on snow areas, they are under the weight of the snow. And when they're small, 
when you're a small tree, you get light loads of snow, right? Because you don't have big branches to hold it. And so that gets you oh, a little bit. You learn how to be a little bit stronger. You grow a little bit thicker. And then you get more snow and then you grow a little thicker. So you're you're responding. It's called fig mamorphogenesis. The adaptations of plants to their physical environment. Someone pulling on you if you're climbed or scratched by animals, you have to be strong enough to withstand it. You have to survive in your environment. But trees in a nursery don't have any of that. So when they would just take this tree and put it in the ground outside where now there's wind, you know, this tree wasn't born there. It wasn't like a seedling who got to adapt. It's like taking a kid from one family or no family, Mm -hmm. right? A child with very little interaction of anything and then dropping it into a family of 12 and it has no skill set. It never developed interpersonal skills. It doesn't know that this is how this person acts sometimes and I need to adapt and learn that skill set to respond. So it's just, it's the same thing for bones. It's the same thing for trees. And later on in Movement Matters, I start to talk about the altruistic nature of trees, that trees are shunting nutrients to other trees, you know, that they are, they're sharing, they're, they're, they are supporting one another in the same way that you find in a tribal system of other people that it's not every tree for themselves. That's not how it works for humans. And it's not how it works for trees either. Right. Crazy. Right. I am Groot. Right. Right. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> Shout out to everybody. Shout this is, here. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a big tree superhero guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, um, he, you know, what about he that? Did, though. Yeah, exa- exactly. So I'm he, totally there. Yeah. He, he literally created a web around his family to protect them and crazy that's bananas right so now it's just gotten kind of got weird now like marvel's real life so um another thing that you talked about was a river you know that's another thing you like Mm -hmm. to witness and how like our circulatory system Mm -hmm. um can be a great example from that again like it's so strange how nature i was just gonna say kind of instructs us in how we work mm-hmm. you know but we're nature but we, we are, are nature, nature you know yeah. my dad my dad had a blocked artery so he developed collateral blood flow right the blood needs to get through but it doesn't so it's pushing it's pushing it can't go anywhere so your body feels the pushing and then just grows new vessels around the blockage right yeah. the same thing that happened to the river in my backyard trees fell this big pushing river it needs a, a wall of water or a wall of wood, a wall of trees fallen, and it has to go around, right? So the the force of the water makes its own way. And so then it's collateral flow. It's, It's fluid dynamics. It's the physics of how fluids behave and how surrounding tissues or materials adapt to allow that essential flow to happen. You can't stop. Like, the flow has to happen. If the flow stops... You die, right? That's why that's why blood flow in your body and also water flow on the planet is so important, which is just a shout out to North Dakota right there. You know, water is life. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm seeing a lot more there's a lot more movement out there as far as paying more attention to that. Uh, I think I just saw like a new Leonardo DiCaprio thing he's doing about the environment or whatever. But this stuff is kinda it comes and goes and people aren't really paying attention to it. And, yeah, but we're going to be forced to we're not being proactive mm-hmm. and I, I love this because your body is responding 
the way it should to these issues. You know, if you're right. building up kind of this sediment and debris in your system, you're going to have issues where things are going to try to reroute. And that's and what we're calling sickness. Exactly. And that's what we're calling disease. But it actually nature's is. giving you the example on how this works because mm-hmm. it has to flow or there is nothing. Um, so let's talk about food moves. All right. Mm-hmm. Food moves. What is this all about? Food moves. You see the theme? Did you see the moves, moves, yeah, moves, I'm moves? I'm so <laughs> on your vibe, yes. <laughs> the, uh, the food moves is that at the end of the day, food, your, your movement is really bound to your food. Human movement in a natural setting is bound to a natural diet. You get up in the morning and you are hungry. That's why you go for a walk. You got to go find what you eat. But when we no longer live in a place where we have to get our own food. And now I kind of clarified this a little bit. Food is not like there is no food in nature. None of that's edible, right? You, it's not edible until you mechanically process it and break down a plant or animal into food. It's just a deer. It's just a salmon swimming. It's just nuts in a tree or on the ground. And none of it counts until you can get it in your mouth. Sometimes that requires that you hunt it or catch it. And then you've got to skin it. If it's nuts, you got to gather, crack. A lot of times dry, mash, mush, hang. You know, like there's all there's so much movement, unbelievable amount of movement that goes into food that because we've never had to get our own food, that someone else has done all of that work behind the curtain in Oz, right? Your food just shows up. Yeah. That we're completely ignorant to the amount of labor it takes for food. And so one of the ways to start getting more movement into your life is to take more responsibility for the movement that your food requires. Because right now, other people are doing that and they're doing that in not great conditions. They're doing it for wages or no wages in situations that you would find unacceptable for anyone that you loved or really any other fellow human, but we're blind to it, right? So I was just trying to, in a very compassionate way, highlight This is one way where you can move more, eat better, engage in activism, and support the planet, all with one single thing. With one iota of time, you can nail all those things that you're probably thinking that you're about, right? So it's just to really start becoming aware of what you put into your mouth. And it doesn't become food until it gets there. So take right. some responsibility. And and I remember from our, our previous conversation that we also miss out on what our cells and our bodies expect from us to get mm. to that whole food part. They're probably, you know, your body's probably like, well, how'd that happen? Oh, there's food here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess we'll do food now. You know, it's it, it just shows up and. There's a whole component missing that then could contribute to all those things that we say we stand for, too. Yeah. Right. So I've I've reduced it to the mechanical portion of food. But there is, you know, there's all these other spiritual engagements, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like with 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 where it came from, every minute that it took to to grow and what it, you you're more concerned with the quality of life for the plants and the animals when you yourself see it face to face. So it's just, it's to me, it transcends 
the mechanical. I write about the mechanical because I'm a biomechanist, but um, there's other uh, references to other books of people who are really talking about the spiritual gifts, you know, of of the universe that are here for you or on the planet that are here for you, that as you engage with them, you're even more nourished. It's not even the nutrients, mechanical or dietary, it's the spiritual nutrients that come from um, the harvest, you know, essentially. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, wow. And the thing is, and immediately Mm. what comes to mind and making this something we can all apply is just starting where you are. It doesn't mean you have Mm -hmm. to, forage and and hunt and gather all of your own food um just do something you know like and there are even you know even this isn't necessarily like wild doing it wild but there are places that you can go that have things set up for you to go and pick some apples or things like that you know at least like small things like that but it would be awesome if you can get into a natural environment harvest your water you know that's something mm. I'm a big fan of. Uh, findaspring.com, findaspring.com, and you're gonna get your water from a from an actual spring, something that's been in an aquifer for hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of years. This is quite possibly the cleanest, purest thing that you will ever get close to in your lifetime. And if you can exchange your body's fluids for those. You know, even one or two times a year, that's right, just right. miraculous. You know, and you'll return that. Right. To the environment. You're taking, you're, you're one less person vying for some, you know, whatever bottled water, bottled in, you know, mm. off-gassing plastic mm. estrogen water, mm-hmm. you know, and you're getting your water from this That's source. Right. That's right. Plus the movement involved. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, it's an amazing yeah. thing. It's and like. What you'll it, emanate yeah. thereafter in thought, in spirit, in, in, in waste even. It's a more proper exchange Speech. of currency. Yeah. You know, super powerful Reconciled. stuff. Um, so what about. This is a big, this is a big thing. So let, let's actually, for everybody today, because this is a lot, this is a lot mm-hmm. of like shifts yeah. for us. So what are some action steps for people? So what are like three things that we can do today to really apply some of these concepts? You know, one of the things you already shared is to be more proactive in, in the labor involved in getting our food. So that's one mm-hmm. thing. What's, what's a couple more things? Well, it's in, you know, this book happens to come out right around the American Thanksgiving holiday, you know, so I was thinking for myself, because I, I like to really truly embody everything that I write. I'm a practice what you publish kind of person. So I was thinking, what are 21 ways that you could move more for your holiday meals, right? The holiday meals are coming up. So just really like, simple ways like going out and finding water that see like that could be huge for someone. But it's like, what if you bought whole spices instead of already grated spices okay right yeah so like you know you just get a whole cinnamon stick and you get out like you this is a natural movement it's not the big leaps that you find in the training gym but it's something someone else is doing somewhere under kind of crummy conditions that you could do or something that took fossil fuel you could do it do an actual turkey trot walk to your store get the turkey and walk home with it make it a family thing we get a christmas tree every year but the rule is you can get the one that you can carry home. Mm-hmm. You walk it out, we get it, we walk it back, right? It's our family three-hour tradition. Um, buy whole nuts instead of already processed nuts. So if you're going to use walnuts or other nuts in your holiday cooking, go buy them shelled and then squat down on the ground and, and crack them open yourself, you know, and you're kind of blending your food with your 
hundred, I mean, you end up doing, I end up doing like 45 minutes of squats, but I don't have to leave my house to go to the gym to do it. Right. My kids are there. They're doing it with me. We're cooking, we're mashing. Um, you can swap out some foreign ingredients that are coming from way far away for something that occurs more local. Right. So there's lots of little things like that. Um, walking more instead of, instead of walking just for the sake of walking, walk to do some other chore, right? Because use walking to replace some, some driving that you are going to do rather than do all your same amount of driving and then go drive to go take a walk. (laughs) You know, it's just the little things like that. These Love are it. Great. These are, yeah, these are so awesome. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I would like for you to share uh, with this kind of in, in the same vein, get it? You know, your vein, capillary, <laughs> what yeah. I've been saying. Whatever. <laughs> but I'm going with it's, you. It's the walking process itself. We all are now very much aware of the benefits of walking. I've actually done a show just talking mm-hmm. about that subject multiple times, actually. And um, so this is from cognitive function to improving insulin sensitivity to improving your sleep quality all of these great benefits but maybe the way that we're doing this is a little bit you know it's a little it it, again in the construct that you brought for me it's kind of hard for me to even say that this is abnormal or that it's not natural you know it's just this is a way that we are doing it but maybe we're missing out on some key benefits and Mm -hmm. so you talked about your uh I i think it was your son or maybe it was your I think it was. But anyway, so you when they were first able to walk and to go mm-hmm. on a hike with you. And so you notice a particular thing that happened once they went a little bit more off-road. So can you share that insight for us? Well, you know, and we try to tell everyone you need to walk more and then, you know, the reality is half you know half the people on the planet are often dealing with like children and you're like i want to take a walk but these kids don't want to take a walk and it's like herding cats everywhere you go you know everyone's just like spreading around and i had that same pee you know i had that same thing i'm trying to trying to move forward and i want to go a couple miles and kids are running around crazy not wanting to go with me because they could just everything was just open you know like but when we got to this natural terrain of a very small, narrow trail amongst tall trees and grasses, right? We were more of a hike than on a walk. It was like the natural walls of the wilderness pulled him forward with without all of that unnatural clearing that had been done for houses and cars. There was just this way, you know, if you if you ever spend any time out in the wild, if you hunt or if you ever just hike, you'll see animal trails. You know, animals don't walk everywhere. They walk that that way that someone has already carved for them. In fact, so many of our trails that we hike on that have been cleared are very old, established animal trails. They had broken it down just by going through. So it created these kind of natural highways over the terrain. And once we got on those, boom, he just ran his first mile, no looking back, no problem moving forward. It was it was almost like once the nutrient of the wilderness was there, there was all these things going on that I didn't understand with my biomechanics, kind of modern thinking brain, because I've been deconditioned to kind of tune into what nature is telling you about or providing you, right? I, I've, I've been, 
I had spent a whole life not being in it. But once you engage in it, and especially when you're young and you don't have um, so many blocks to all, like trees don't talk to other trees, right? That's a big, you know, the fact that trees are communicating with other trees through the fungus in the ground and our shunting, that changes my understanding of what a tree is. You know, I just thought it was just that thing that to give, that, that thing here to give me shade or wood when I need it. Not a live, Not a living thing that is taking care of other living things, right? So once we start seeing like, wow, there's a, that human nature isn't, it's, it's um, the word that it's used, I think is like, um, we're species centric. Mm. We, th- yeah. we, we think that humans are the one thing that behaves like this and everything else just kind of is different and, and certainly lower in intelligence because it doesn't look like ours. But as we see that there are these different things happening, then I just wonder now, I wonder, you know, what was this one-year-old seeing or feeling or pulling as as soon as he got into that environment, just rocketed forward, where walking on a path in a city didn't provide him that. Yeah, it's super just just powerful because what you just said was that that trail kind of pulls you forward and compels you to move forward. Like it did I, the I immediately tapped into that. You know, those few times when I've gone hiking, one time jumps into my mind. I went, uh, I think this one was called Bear Mountain or something with uh, Aubrey Marcus. Mm-hmm. This was in Arizona. We went to these different places. And it's just like that path, like you were just, you, you were drawn to mm-hmm. the move through the path. But mm-hmm. um, how can we replicate that more frequently in our own lives? You know, um, get off of the, the street or the sidewalk and move to a more natural environment. You know, there's, I know there's local parks in your area. There's gotta be, you know, somewhere, even if you're in a city environment, there are places that you can go and get different terrain. So that's another story. So I'll come back to that. But first of all, go to places where there's a little bit more of a a natural environment, you know, and take care of that place. Bless it with your presence instead of taking from it in a way. I hope that makes sense. But the other part is, you know, New York city, Love New York City. <laughs> um, just going to Central Park. For me, there's a bunch of trails. People are running. They're on their, um, you know, their little whatever, their skateboard, whatever they're doing. <laughs> right, I was going to say roller blades, but I didn't know if I, if those are even around. <laughs> Shout out if you got some. Um, Hoverboard. And so, <laughs> but there were these big, like, uh, somebody planted these there, boulders, right? They're these big rocks. And I'm like... I just went and started climbing. I mean, they're huge. Like you get up there, you could like see the whole park in a way, you know, these different spots. And so just, and I, I don't know why I didn't think about it. I just felt compelled to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I was in such of a, such a city environment and there was just not very much nature mm-hmm. around. I wanted to engage with as much of that feeling as I could, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. um, I think it's like what she yeah. said. It was a living thing that was taking care of other things. There were living things that then were taking care of that living, that that life that was within you and it drew you, you know, that path actually that maybe even attracted the little, the little boy was also what created the path in the first place for the creatures that did it before or the flow Mm -hmm. of the stream and the air. I'm just opened up here to a whole (laughs) nother way of thinking, Katie. It's an ecology. We're part of it. Right. And so I think that, you know, that's twofold. We've separated ourselves and it's in kind of an us and them. And now also there's kind of, um, you know, I don't want to vilify the human either. You know, the human is 
the tree and the human together and the tree and this other animal that it all it all goes together but it's a harmony that we need to get ourselves a little bit more in harmony and that includes blessing these areas with our presence and allowing them to bless and uh, like accepting what they have to offer you know there's a there's all sorts of communications right move your dna there's chemical communication right there's there are parts of nature that we need and instead of like trying to go use technology to fashion parts inside of our homes just just go back it's a minimalistic approach to physiological maximalism mm. you know that that you don't need more you really do need less and less meaning take down the walls getting into nature is getting away right that's a way of of getting less technology in between you and and the the source that you're a part of, right? It's just, it's, you're plugged in. You just don't know it. Ah, love it. You are Katie. plugged in. <laughs> so at, when this is released for everybody to, to enjoy, mm-hmm. your book is available. So let everybody know where they can find your new book and where they can connect with you as well. Well, you can absolutely walk to your local bookstore and <laughs> get it, right? That would, that would be the most stacked, um, eco-friendly approach is just those two feet and you can call ahead make sure that they have it and hold it for you or order it there for you and then all of course all online retailers you can find me at nutritiousmovement.com and I, I still think right now my instagram is the best place super cool yeah to get a sense of like what does a movement matters life look like you can see me as i'm transitioning from that five-year-old sedentary nerd in school with all of the books to someone who just kind of chucked it all and is just going, I know where the answer is for me. And that's just to engage with the natural world as much as possible. Awesome. So good. And inspiring. Yes. yes. And we'll put all of that in the show notes for Got this you. episode. So you can go to the modelhealthshow.com and Katie, you're just a, you're dynamo. You're amazing. Thanks. Amazing. Amazing. Thank Likewise. you so much for coming on. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in and sharing your time with us. And I truly hope that you got a lot of value out of this and that this adds uh, a new dimension to your life because this is what it's all about. I mean, life itself, life is movement. Life is movement. Those two things are interchangeable for me. And that's kind of what we identify the end of life is the end of movement. You know, mm-hmm. it's a ceasing of movement. And so how can we live more is simply by moving more and engaging more with our reality, engaging more with our world and making it a conscious effort until it becomes a part of who you are. That's the cool part about it is the more you engage with nature, the more it becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be something you have to think about any longer. Like I really should get out and do such and such, but it just becomes a part of how you operate and we have a tremendous opportunity to do that right now in this lifetime to change. And it, it, I love that she said this, but to accentuate your movement accent. Yeah. You know, do you have a sexy accent right, right now? Right. If you don't, you know, you can work on that a little bit. Uh-huh. So it's more like, oh, when somebody sees you move, they're like, right, hey, right. you have such a nice movement accent. Where are you from? <laughs> you know, and so we could take advantage and leverage that. And uh, again, everybody, I appreciate you so much. And we've got some incredible stuff lined up for you. So stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. 
and let everybody know that our show is awesome yeah. and you're loving it. Yeah. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Take care.